He was the commissioner of baseball, I think it's for 17 years. He's now the commissioner emeritus of baseball. Bud Selig joins the program. This is the most selfish interview I have ever done with Bud Selig. Uh, really? Com- yes. Commis- you selfish? Selfish, totally. Soccer. Commish, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Homer. Nice to talk to you. I, actually, I was the commissioner for almost 23 years. All right, I stand corrected. Ah, yes. Well, I, I thought it was. For the I, I Hold was, on. I was acting. I was acting commissioner oh. for six, but it was really the commissioner. So, but that's okay, Homer. No, I'll get it right. I will. Uh, I will change right, it in what, Wikipedia. What's the difference of acting in the regular commissioner? It's a great question. Um, it's an interesting question. They wanted to elect me right away, and I didn't want to do it because I just felt I had other things I wanted to do, but. They made it official, but there was no difference. To be frank with you, the first six were like the last. <laughs> yeah. Seven. Okay. What was the toughest thing you did as commissioner? Wait, why, wait why, why didn't you want to do it? This working. You had the well, there, oh, uh, right? there were a number of tough ones. Changing the economic system of the sport yeah. was mm. clearly the toughest. There were other things like the steroid crisis and others that were very difficult. But um, changing the economic system that had never been changed. We were dealing with the same system from 1930 on. Mm. That was really tough. Talking with Bud Selig, as I said, I'm, this is a selfish interview. I have never gone to the uh, Hall of Fame banquet uh, in Cooperstown because I told Pat, uh, Pat Hughes, uh, who I met first when he was not only with the Brewers but doing Marquette games, he said, I'm not going until you get in. I said, well, how do you know I'm getting in? I know you're going to get in. Now, I probably should have gone when you went in, uh, given your kindness to me in many ways, so I apologize for that. But So I don't know. So what do you want to tell me? You've got to be the expert on the Baseball Hall of Fame and all the ceremonies during that pretty much two days, I think, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, that's right. I'll be there this year for the Sunday part of it. It's, it's, it's really hard to describe, Homer, because um, it, it's – I talked to Pat Hughes this morning, and I told him the same thing. You're not going to believe it's happening to you. It's a beautiful setting up in northern New York, tough to get to, tough place to get to. But here you are in the Hall of Fame, something that nobody could ever believe was going to happen to him. I remember, Homer, the first year I went, which was the first I guess it was about 1996 or seven, maybe even before that. And there you got, you're sitting with Ted Williams and Stan Musial and Henry Aaron and Tom Seaver and Bob Feller and George Kell and Harmon Killebrew and, wow. And um, I know the year I got in, which was 2017, I drove t- to... Uh, Chicago by myself when I got elected because I wanted to think about it. And, of course, when I I got in the Hall of Fame, it was in Washington, D.C. during the winter. They voted. And, of course, my family was all there, and they all wanted to come. You have to pinch yourself. Because you go through a lot of things, a lot of people are angry and mad, including you, I may add, on occasion. And um, <laughs> But all of a sudden, 
all of a sudden, as I told Pat this morning, you're in the Hall of Fame. That's sort of hard to believe. And um, to say it was the greatest honor ever paid to me would be an understatement. But um, when you look around the room, as I said, and I remember one day I walked in with Yogi Berra and Whitey Ford. I was a kid growing up. I was a Yankee fan. Man, you think I ever thought I'd be walking into the Hall of Fame with Whitey Ford and Yogi Berra? And so it's, it's a wonderful experience. I'm glad you're How going. Tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't even know where. I think he speaks on Saturday. I'm a big speech guy. Was the speech hard? Was it easy? How do you decide what to say, what not to say? I'm. Well, I, I, went over, I worked on it for a long time with various people, and um, you only get about 10 or 12 minutes. Now, some exceed that by <laughs> a lot, which is unfortunate. I didn't. I was going to make sure that I really? didn't. Wow. But you... But you see, you say what's really in your heart at that point. I mean, what, what a thrill it is. And I said at that time, who could ever believe that a kid from the west side of Milwaukee who walked the payments dreaming someday of being in baseball um, would be in the Hall of Fame. And it's true. And, and so it's the highest honor you can get. I was nervous. Everybody said, oh, you're a rock, you're a rock, and I did. I got in on the first ballot with an animus vote. And it was, but uh, they said they're going to call it 415, and I know the drill because Jane Clark, Jane Forbes Clark, who's the head of the Hall of Fame, would do this with me when I was a commissioner, call me, tell me who got in. and She said, I'll talk to you tomorrow, 415, it's 417, and I... I said to my wife and daughters, well, I told you, and all of a sudden the phone rang, and there she was. And uh, mm-hmm. and it's um, I went in with John Scherholz, who's been a friend of mine for years as an executive, and we had um, Pudge Rodriguez um, and, uh, let's see, who Pudge Rodriguez, Tim Raines, and uh, the Houston first baseman, name escapes me. Bagwell? Yeah, Jeff Bagwell. And they were wonderful. They really were. We had three days, of, but they were all the Hall of Famers. And I'll tell you who was more nervous than I was about me getting in. That was Henry Aaron. Um, that about 4.19, he called himself. Have you heard? And I heard Wendy tell him, Henry, he's in. He'll talk to you in a second, and so on and so forth. And in my acceptance speech, there's Henry sitting right next to me, looking up. And we always tried to sit next to each other and did. So, um, But, I mean, it's been a few years, and it still seems really emotional for you. Is it still emotional? It's been... Yeah, well, it's been uh, six years now. It'll be six years. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is emotional because it's something to live with, and you live as a Hall of Famer. Then you get regular mail, and you do things together, and it's you get there, and you got to sign a whole bunch of bats and stuff for everybody, and it, it's <laughs> it, it's remarkable. It's just it's a it 
it's a human experience that very few are lucky to have. All right, since I have you, a couple of baseball questions. One, they've shortened the game, or you've shortened the game. I don't know how, how to present it with you. Do you think it seems to have gone so well? Do you regret not seeing this done years earlier? No, I don't. I tell you why. Joe Torrey and um, Tony La Russa have reminded me many times in the last month. We had this done in 2012, and Rob Manfred confirmed it because uh, he, he helped get it done. But it took us many years to get the union to accept it. So, no, I, I'm, I'm comfortable. It's a great thing. By the way, baseball attendance is really up big time. Ooh. And um, so our fans, I think, are enjoying it, and I'm enjoying it. I have never convinced you to change your mind on anything, but I'm not quitting. Clearly, you would finally agree with me that the balls and strikes have to be done by the machine. You will still have an umpire back there, but technology is such that it just makes them look terrible, and it needs to change before the start of next season. Again, with well, an umpire no, you're, there. You're right. You're, you're right. No, I, 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 you know, I love change, Homer. <laughs> I know and, you, uh, but you argue with it for years were, and years you were, you were, before you change. You were wrong. You were wrong about 1992. You know, I was getting David Cohn. I want you to remember <laughs> yes, that. I, yeah, you haven't forgotten. Ah, yes, no, he's I wrong. We got I, receipts. I don't forget anything. Thank but, you. But, Homer, um, no, look, change comes slowly in baseball. And I'm proud of the fact that under my, in my 23 years, we had more change than in all of baseball history, starting with the wild card, which which people hated and, oh, it was horrible. And like Bob Costas said, it would be the end of baseball. And, well, you know, that's, it, it's turned out well. Interleague play turned out well. The economic changes, like revenue sharing, really literally saved the game in that time period. And so there are a lot of things. And, and, you know, you, you sometimes you get blamed for things that are beyond your control, but, but it doesn't matter. That's, uh, that's the life of a commissioner. I have a picture I'm looking at that somebody sent me, of David Stern, Paul Tagliabue, Gary Bettman, and me. And, and um, we used to joke a lot about you know, getting, we all got blamed for things we had no control over, but after a while you learn that's part of a commissioner's life. Talking with Bud Selig. Uh, but I just want to hear more times that Homer was uh, wrong. Hold on. Please. We don't, we don't <laughs> have enough time. Important we don't have enough time Homer for Bud. Wrong. Get... Homer was yeah. wrong about things. I think if I must say this, and I want to be kind to Homer, although I don't you know why. You must say it. Don't worry about being kind. Just <laughs> say it. I hope Homer is more accurate on football and basketball than he's been on baseball. <laughs> you don't need to answer to that, Tony. You don't I hope he's not. Um. Shohei Otani. I'm, I'm told you're a homer. I'm just told by, that you're not. <laughs> I know. That's fine. Yeah, he's, he's I, vis, you know this, but visionaries are often not appreciated until long <laughs> after they're gone. Shohei Otani, the greatest baseball player since Babe Ruth. Even you in the history of the game, there's no way you could have expected that there would ever be a player that would do what he's done as a pitcher and a hitter. Agree well, or disagree? remarkable. No, I, I agree. He's remarkable. Um, it's it's amazing to watch him. Um, I just hope he stays healthy. I'm sad what happened to Mike Trout, who was a great player, just doesn't have good luck uh, when it comes to injuries. 
And um, but Otani is remarkable. Right? There's no doubt about it. I, you know, you watch him pitch; he's unbelievable, and his hitting is remarkable. So, yeah, yeah this is uh, this is a once in a lifetime, no question. All right, are you still a man of doing the same thing every day? Do you still do thirty minutes in the morning? I don't know if it's five to five thirty on your elliptical. Uh, an exercise cycle, yes, every yeah. morning. All right, uh, lunch and Gillies. I do between 33 and 35 minutes every morning. Between 33 and 35. Well, what determines those two minutes? I'm confused. Uh, However, I, you know, whether I think I ought to do a little more and. (laughs) All right, at lunch, Gillies, hot dog, and a Diet Coke. Is that still the same? Absolutely. It was there today. Wow. Wow. Some things, and there are probably others. I've never gotten you to admit. I believe that you're a creature of habit. Many very successful people are, and there are probably three or four others. But you've never been willing to go with any of the others than those two. Oh, that's right. But but, but the fact of the matter is, you are absolutely right. Yes. Uh, this is the first two for me to say you're absolutely uh, right. That is yes. Is we I have am, it on tape I a, too. I am a creature of habit, no question. All right. Lastly. Uh, so I just started doing some work with the Grand Avenue Club. It's a great organization downtown to help people that have mental issues. And they say, do you know Bud Silly?" And I go, well, he may not admit it, but, yeah. They go, he has just been so incredibly helpful. And uh, so I just wanted to, to tell you there are so many people that you have never met that will never get a chance to meet you and the effect that you've had on them and their lives because of your generosity to the Grand Avenue Club. And I would love to take a group of them at some point to your office so you can watch them smile and some way show how appreciative they are of all that you've done with the Grand Avenue well, Club. That would be, that I, would be fine. I, I tell you how that happened. I had a friend of mine, uh, Marty Siegel, many years ago, uh, and, and he was very, very into the Grand Avenue Club, and he got me involved. Oh, I'm going to say, Homer, maybe 20 years ago now, maybe a little more than that. And the more I've studied their work and and the better it's been. I, I, it is a remarkable group, remarkable achievements of what they do. I'm very proud to to be associated with them and and um, to do whatever I can to help them, which I, I do. And so uh, it's because of Marty's efforts that I got involved. Once I got involved, and I'm still involved. Uh, um, you, you're right. It's a magnificent organization that really helps a lot of people who need their help. Talking with Bud Selig, back to baseball. What is the best thing about Craig Council as a manager? Um, he's smart, knows what he's doing, studies things well, very loyal. I think I think it's a common perception today. Uh, that he's one of the best managers in baseball. Some people think he's the best, but he certainly is one of the best. He's very smart. And, uh, by the way, it's a great yes. story because very loyal to Milwaukee. And that's a, in this day and age and in this world, that's pretty pretty good. So he's done a terrific job. Look, everybody second-guesses the manager, including uh, the commissioner. But... Um, but overall, he's done a remarkable job. Look, even yesterday, think about this. We lose our heartbreaker Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Devin Williams, whom I love, and 
they get two bleeding hits. You don't need to hear all this nonsense, but it enough to make you ill. And um, and he gets up, gives up a hit, and they, and then of course the error, which was not his fault. Yeah, the old first baseman would have caught that ball, but just so you. But well, I to... think that's right. I think I might agree with you, Homer. But yeah, but again, the fact of the fact of the matter is, they come back and win yesterday. And against Marcus Stroman, you got to give a lot of that credit to Craig. So, for people that don't know, because they didn't experience it, that uh, that when you did uh, run the Brewers, own the Brewers, that you'd go up in the loge, and and the man Tony was out of control. Yeah, out of control. What he would say, and the energy, and the emotion, and would you be better today, or would you still be the same way? Same way. Same way. I'm I'm a little uh, less now, maybe because of my age. But I watch games. Uh, the language is still bad. I pace back and forth at home, or I talk to Mark Antonazio a lot. So we we compare notes during games, after games. But um, no, I'm not much different, Homer. And lastly, since this happens as people get old, there's no way younger people can appreciate the greatness of Hank Aaron. You have gone out of your way to make sure that he is appropriately recognized in the history of the game. Tell people who are young how great and why Henry Aaron, Hank Aaron, was that good. Well, I started watching him play in 1954, his first year here. I've often said that I wish people could see him could see him hit in the 50s before he was pulling the ball. I mean, he hit rockets everywhere. I, I've never seen a better, a greater offensive player, and I've seen a lot of them. And in Willie my Mays, Mickey Mantle, and you're putting Hank Aaron above them. I am. I, I believe that Henry Aaron, if you look at the stats, and I, Willie Mays was a phenomenal player. So was Mickey Mantle. So please understand, they were great great player but when you're in that class i really believe henry aaron was the greatest player of my generation and i and that does not diminish either willie mays um or mickey uh mickey was hurt by by injuries and and uh you know henry played in milwaukee and atlanta and just and he wasn't the kind of guy who got a lot of publicity but if you look back on things, you look back on things, and we had over 3,600 hits. I mean, it was amazing. No, none of those guys close to that. Uh, Hank Aaron was, in my judgment, the greatest player of my generation. So I can with Bud Selig. Appreciate your time. Appreciate your help at the, for the Baseball Hall of Fame and uh, my first appearance ever in Cooperstown coming up. And uh, more than even that, I appreciate the positive things you had to say about some of my opinions. I'm not used to that. I'm going to need the little couple minutes here to recover. Oh, I, 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 I got to go back and review. I have to go back and review things because, you know what? I was unbelievably kind to you today, and I'm not sure why. But there you yeah. Wow. Thanks. I look forward to chatting again and uh, see you in Cooperstown. I'm sure we'll cross paths. I'll look forward. I'll see you in Cooperstown. Thanks, Homer. Bud Selig. Not 17 years. Can you believe this? Wikipedia was wrong. They did not count the years. Why didn't that... say thanks to me? I don't know. We'll work on that. Just forgot about me.
Next.